words to say, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good morning. Hey, good to see y'all. I'm Steve. Yeah, it's good to see you. Thanks. <laughs> Sweet. That's <laughs> ah, a blessing to be here, so a privilege that I uh, cherish, and I appreciate the that it really is a privilege, and uh, so uh, I wasn't really planning on speaking today. I kind of <clears throat> was thinking more about in a few weeks, but <clears throat> as I met with Pat and Mike on Friday, they were just like, ah, oh, you ought to just share your, share your story and where you are in the journey, so <clears throat> here I am. Uh, basically, what's happened to me over the last five or so months, I guess, since I got diagnosed with cancer is they've kind of taken my 50-year-old body and made it about a 70-year-old body, and uh, I'm probably about 60% recovered from the last surgery, but uh, as I was thinking about my body just getting so beat up and age, um, I was just really praying that my soul was as well aging, and that my mind uh, and my choices and my emotions also had uh, aged uh, 20 years over these last five, five months. So that's really my, uh, my heart's desire as far as that, that process goes. And God's been obviously teaching me a lot. Um, and I just kind of like to share some of the things he's been teaching me and uh, kind of leave it at that and we'll, we'll see where it goes from there. Uh, one of the things that's really become ingrained in me is to focus on the big, big rocks in my life. The, the big things that are important. I, I found that in my life I've had so many things going on and a lot of really good things, you know, uh, as all of us do. And, and oftentimes we miss the really big important things because we're, we're caught up in all these other things that are all good. And so I've really been pounded to focus on these, these big rocks. And for me, that's really spend time with our family uh, my wife's incredible, Marcia, as you've kind of followed her through this journey, has been amazing, and, and uh, <clears throat> so that, that's been precious for me, and we love our kids and our grandkids and our parents, and, and we're just blessed with a wonderful family, and uh, I don't have any regrets about anything with family. It's been amazing. Um, I really feel like I'm just called to study the Word and to, to pray through the word and to preach the word and uh, as long as God allows that that's one of the big things in my life I just know that I'm supposed to do and then to really pour into leaders and spend time with leaders and then to just have space to, to pastor I feel like so often uh, I get caught up in all these things that are good and there's no space just to follow the spirit as he prompts you just to go visit somebody you know and he puts you on your heart and you're like when am I going to do that and so those are the things I really really want to focus on and I just want to kind of take a few verses here and a little bit of scripture and kind of share with you some of the things that God has been sharing with me um, and and so we'll start in first Peter chapter four uh, even this morning as I was reading I was, I was struck with first Peter chapter four verse seven is where we'll begin but really it's this whole sense about Christ has suffered and what a privilege we have because he has and he says uh, you know really essentially having your priorities straight in first Peter chapter 4 verse 7 it says the end of all things is at hand 
Therefore, be of sound judgment and of sober spirit for the purpose of prayer. Uh, it can be kind of the end of all things, like the end of the world, or it could be the end of our lives, is at hand. And then in verse 8, he says, Above all, keep fervent in your love for one another, because love covers over a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without complaint. As each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. And whoever speaks, let him speak as it were the utterances of God. And whoever serves, let him do so by the strength which God supplies, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Father, we come to you today and, and just pray that um, the words would be your words. And that you would speak <clears throat> to each one of us by the power of your, your spirit. And that you would be glorified. And that we would each stop today and consider our priorities. Consider our focus. Consider where we're investing our time and our energy. And that uh, we would align uh, our focus and our desires and our hearts with yours. And I just pray that you would just give each one of us that wisdom. In Jesus' name, amen. So, God has been pounding on me, you know, the big rocks in my life. Also, he's really indwelled in me a sense of silence. And, um, you know, I think I've always loved silence. Uh, it's one of my favorite things for years, just driving across South Dakota, which most people think is dreadfully boring because there's nothing. And you know what? You'd be right. Uh, but I love it because it's quiet. And... Uh, and I used to love just driving, and I love the silence. And, and I think so often we, we've lost sight of this, this life, and, and we're so convinced that it, it all revolves around the things we see, and the activities, and the busyness, and the, the fun, and the, and the chaos. And, and so often we lose sight that the spiritual is, is, is real, and, and we think that somehow that's not true life. But it's like there's this thin line between what we see and what we don't see, and what we don't see is real. And it's eternal, and it's incredible. And so there's this sense of silence when we get to enjoy the truth that there is some life beyond the, the hectic day-to-day -day rush. Uh, John Main writes, We all need words, but to use them with power, we all need to be silent. And I, and I challenge you to consider that in your lives. Um, obviously, we're all using words, and we're all busy talking and sharing, and, and, uh, but are we really spending the time in silence to hear from God's still, small voice to, uh, to really have the power, his power behind our words? The silence is, is often the language of God, that, that voice that, that we can only hear when we set aside time to listen. Uh, so there's been these big rocks, and there's been this silence, and God has also really shown me very clearly he doesn't need me, and no one else really needs me. And, uh, you know, my wife doesn't really need me. We're a good team, and she would be sad. When I die, she will be, maybe, for a little while. Uh, it's hard to say. Yeah. You never quite know that, but I trust that she would be for a little while. But she really doesn't need me. She'd be okay. And, and our kids are growing, and they don't really need me, and, uh, and, uh, and which is what you really want your kids to do. You know, you don't want them to grow up and, 
be dependent on you for life, but, uh, and, and so they don't really need me. I realize the church uh, doesn't need me and for anything, really, and uh, I understand my role here uh, will be filled by somebody in some way, but uh, I'm not really needed, and, 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 and I realize that, and at first that can kind of be sad, you know, you can kind of feel like, geez, what a slug, because that's mostly what I felt like the last several months, I just... But, uh, but really, the, it's so freeing when you realize that God doesn't need us, okay? Uh, but we're wanted. And, you know, Marsh and I want to spend time together, and our kids want to spend time with us. And, and there's uh, people in the body of the Christ that want to spend time with us. And so we're wanted, and it's beautiful to be wanted. But it's also very freeing to realize you're not needed because you're just like, okay, God, you don't need me to do anything, but I'm still here. So what is it you want me to do? I'm available. And it's just, uh, so it's very freeing, really, to get past this sense of, you know, God, I need to do this, I need to do this, I need to do this, and get to the place of, um, I'm free to do whatever I desire to do, just following the Spirit, and He'll lead me in that right path. Um, so not only has that been the, the, that's been the big things that I've just been kind of pounded home, and, uh, and this, this sense of all these things through this process, I think the thing that's come most real to us in a new, fresh way is the beauty of the church and the beauty of you guys. And, you know, I haven't cried once about thinking about dying, but I've cried a lot of times about thinking about how blessed we are. Um, with... Uh, with the body of Christ. And, um, and so I just uh, am thankful to see uh, God's love shine through the prayers and the special ways people give unique, weird things that are needed and just the way the encouragement comes at the right time. And the body is, is beautiful, so it's been a wonderful um, experience for us so thank you and basically where we are is you know for those of you who don't know I you know I think most do but uh, you know I was diagnosed with esophageal cancer in June and and so we we did the medical shot and and uh, did chemo and radiation kind of fried my gut and and then um, did a surgery <coughs> which they tell me is like one of the top five surgeries to, uh, as most difficult to do and most difficult to recover from. So that was cool. You know, that was my first surgery. Might as well do a real good one. <laughs> and uh, so you really know what it's like. You know, you can be miserable. And I'm like said, 60% or so bravely recovered. But, and we did all those things. And when we went there, the surgeon said, well, there's maybe a 30 to 50% chance this will cure your cancer. And uh, so realize that it's 50 to 70% chance it will not. And so they cut me open from the stomach and uh, from here to here, and then they came, went in and kind of cut the cancer out of the top of my stomach and, and then uh, rolled me over and cut me from the middle of my back over to the side and collapsed my lung and put a tube through my ribs. And, and uh, sounds great. And then they went back in the back and took out my esophagus and pulled my stomach up so it's like a tube here in my chest. And so you got a whole new way to, to live and to eat and... To swallow everything is just weird, but uh, all that happened, and uh, we went back. Must have been last week uh, 
to, to, uh, to the follow-up, and everything was okay with the surgery, but they found some spots uh, in my liver where uh, the cancer had spread and did biopsies and found out it was cancer. And so, you know, you kind of go through these things, and you think, well, uh, we did the chemo and the radiation and the surgery, and God said, there's still cancer, okay? And, uh, and so when the, when the cancer spreads like that into the liver, they start kind of counting your time in months uh, rather than, than years. But uh, I know that God can still heal and do like Hezekiah and give me 15 more years if he wants or, you know, 15 months or 15 days. I mean, who knows? And, and the truth is we're all in that situation. We just don't think about it. Uh, we just never spend time to think about how, how short this life is. But when you're faced with it, you're faced with it, and you just kind of deal with it and, and realize really where your faith lies. And so it's been really interesting for us because uh, Marsh and I are just peaceful. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul's writing to the church there at Corneth, and in chapter 15 he, he says, um, you know, he's talking about death and and about bodies dying. And he, and he used the example of like when you plant a, plant a seed, it grows into something totally different than what the seed looks like. And he goes on, and, and in verse 50 of chapter 15, he says, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood can't inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Right? The perishable, that which is perishing, can inherit that which is imperishable. Behold, I'll tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. We'll all be changed. In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For this perishable, this body that I have now, this earth suit that's dying, my words, must put on the imperishable, and this mortal must put on immortality. But when this perishable will have put on imperishable and this mortality will have put on immortality, then will come about the saying that was written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? You see, the sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain in the Lord. You see, that's the thing, is that through this whole process, I know that the very best day of my life is the day I die. I have no doubt. The very best day of my life will be the day I die. And if you're a Christian, if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you trust Christ, which realistically most people in the world have not, and most of the people that we're working with have not, and many people even in this room have not, then, then it's not the best day. It's the worst day of your life because it's all over. But as a believer, the best day of my life is the day I die. And, and so from my perspective, that's totally cool. Now, I understand that we don't want to lose the people we love in our lives, so we're sad and we grieve, and, and there's this process that goes on that, man, I don't want the people I love around me to leave me, and, and so I don't have this death wish that says I want out of here. I love my family and my friends and our church and, and our lives, but on the other hand, just know that 
And just remember that. I think we, as Christians, so often run around trying to hold on to everything that's here because we're so afraid to really believe what the truth of the Word says. You know, it's going to be great the day we die because of Jesus Christ. And all of a sudden, you know what? I won't have any more pain. And I'll have a body that'll never wear out. And there will be no sin and no tears and no agony and no sadness. And it'll be an incredible thing. And so the truth is, for all of us as believers in Jesus Christ, we have this hope that we can hang on to and we can have no fear at all of death. No fear. There's no sting in it. Sin has been conquered by Jesus Christ. Amen? I mean, it's so cool. And so we can celebrate that. And I just trust that God knows. You see, it's appointed for each one of us to die, and God knows the date. And, you know, whether it's a few days or a few months or a few years for me or for any one of you, you're not going to change that date. And so get busy living while you have life. Get busy pursuing God while we have the opportunity. That's my heart. That's my desire. And really my desire is just to, to really be in the Spirit, in the Word, preaching the Word and sharing the Gospel. And uh, that's really what I want to be able to say as with the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 1. Paul has, as he writes this letter to which we, Pat and I and Bill preached on a few weeks ago or months ago, I guess. But, but in Philippians chapter 1 verse 21, he says, For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And we can blast past that, but did you catch that? For me to live is Christ and to die is horrible, sad terrible the worst day in the world no it's a gain for me to live is christ and to die is gain okay and, and so we have this opportunity now to live because true life is found in christ and we can live in the spirit and walk that out and experience what life is all about and it's not just about the things we see it's about the things beyond what we can see and, and then when we die there's gain and paul goes on and he says but if i am to live on in this flesh okay that will mean fruitful labor for me and I don't know what to choose, okay? But he said, I'm hard-pressed from both directions. I have the desire to depart and be with Christ, which that is very much better. It's a, it's a, a very strong, strong adjective. He says, look, it's way, way, way better to die and to be with Christ than it is to be here. Way, way, way better, okay? And, and so we need to realize that. We need to remember that. And yet he goes on, he says, Yet to remain on in the flesh is more necessary for your sake. And convinced of this, I know I shall remain and I'll continue with you all for your, your progress and your joy in the faith so that your proud confidence in me may be abound in Christ Jesus through my coming to you again. He's saying, look, you know, the longer I stay, if I'm walking in the Spirit and walking out Christ, that just helps all those people around us because they get to see Christ in us. That's what we've got to experience from all of you through these last several months in particular as we've gotten to see Christ in you. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. And we have this opportunity on this life to be able to share Christ. And, and just realize that. For us to live is Christ and to die is gain. Okay? And then Paul goes on in chapter 3 and he says, For our citizenship is in heaven. Verse 20 of chapter 3. Philippians, our citizenship's in heaven. You realize that. We know what it's like to be a citizen of our nation. We know what it's like if you're an American to be an American or wherever country you're from to be a citizen of that and be proud of that. And that's, that's my country. But our citizenship as believers, as Christians, is in heaven. It's not here. It's in heaven. That's the truth. 
and, and from which there we also eagerly await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, and he's going to transform the body of our humble state into the conformity of the body of his glory by the exertion of the power that he has even to subject all things to himself. That's what God has for us. He's going to take these miserable, dying earth suits that at times we think are really good and really cool and really strong, and at times we think, oh, man, this is a mess. And, uh, and he's going to take these earth suits and he's going to transform them into the body of his glory. And I mean, his glory, this is like the, the ultimate glorious one, okay? Everyone's going to bow before him. Everyone's going to be subject to him. And we get the privilege of being transformed into his glory, the greatest day in the world for us. And, and so I just really want to challenge us as, as we leave today, and, and I hopefully get to talk more in the future. It's, it's funny how God has given me kind of ideas for next year already for messages and things like that, and, and we'll see if, you know, what he has. Um, but, um, you know, the... the the, the thing that he really has just pounded on me is how we have this chance to really engage our world and we can do it through prayer and care and share by just praying for people, by caring about people and just sharing our story, listening to them and sharing ours. And, and really the sense that, uh, that, that God has our citizenship in heaven and it's not here sets us free. So my challenge for you is just a few things. I, I, th I just challenge you today to just take a few minutes after the Viking game, probably. Um, you know, just take a few minutes. You can do it while the Packers lose. But, um, but just take a few minutes and, and just ask yourself, are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready for the end of your life on this earth? And, it's, and we think, well, that's a terrible, morbid thing. Actually, it should be the most glorious thought you can have. And if you're really focused on the word and focused on the truth and you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, it's the most glorious thing you'll think about. So are you ready? And my challenge is, I challenge you to be part of the church, to be part of the local church. And you know what? Not for the sake of the church, okay? And not for the sake of the people around you and not because the church that we, that we need people, okay? But for your sake. And for Christ's sake, because that's the way we're designed. And I tell you what, when you go through challenging times and things get tough, there's nothing more beautiful than the church. Yeah. I just, um, I ache for those of you who don't have that. So get involved. Get in a group of believers that you can experience life with. Jump into some of these classes and Jump in and get to know some Christians. It'll change your life. And, and you'll never regret it. Never. And I know there's a lot of really good things going on out here in the body of Christ, but there's nothing like the local church. That's the way Jesus Christ made it. It's his church. And you are part of it as a believer. So jump in and take your role. And, and know the gospel. You know, if you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, this is your day. Know the fact that what he did for us this is, this is the glorious God of the universe, and he died for you. And he took your sin on himself, and he was crushed for you. And he rose from the grave, and he lives for eternity for you. 
And he's paid for all your sin. And it's a simple fact of just acknowledging that and trusting him and putting your faith in him and just putting your weight on the fact that the reason I'm going to go to heaven and the reason I have no fear of death is because of one thing only, Jesus Christ and what he's done. And you can have that incredible insurance, that incredible assurance as you trust Christ as your Savior. So if you've never done that, do that. If you, if you know the gospel, know the gospel and share that with those people around you who are, are really dying. You know, we've been praying for people to know Christ. And I've gotten to hear, even this week, someone else told me about someone else on this list that came to faith. I've heard from so many people that have come to faith through Rimrock. And I just ache for every single one of you to get to see someone you know or you love come to know Jesus Christ as your Savior. It is amazing, and it, it changes eternity. So jump in and, and be part of the church. Jump in and just know that gospel is yours and be willing to share with whoever God gives us opportunity to share. And I just thank you as a church for, for just showing us Christ. Father, we, uh, we are blessed. And uh, we're blessed because of you. And we are so thankful for your people and your grace and your love. We're so thankful for what you do for, for us. And uh, Father, I really just come to exalt your name and to lift your name up. And regardless of what you have uh, for, for me, I trust that it's great because you say it is. And you have great plans for every one of us. And I pray, God, that each person in this room would walk out of here thinking about Jesus Christ. They would walk out of here thinking about you, that their focus would be on you and who you are and how glorious you are. And uh, that's really our desire, God, that your name would be lifted on high. And we just thank you for the privilege. In your Jesus' name, amen. 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 So I didn't know if Steve was going to be uh, preaching today, but I'm sure been blessed by it. And